she's provocative, enlightening. It's time for Cassie Talks, the podcast on WJZDRadioDetroit.com. She's provocative, enlightening. It's time for Cassie Talks, the podcast on WJZDRadioDetroit.com. Hello, everyone. This is Cassie. And today I am talking to the fabulous Dr. Herbert Smitherman. Smitherman. <laughs> I always mess that up, but he's fabulous. And today we're going to talk about um, our pandemic, our new normal, what's going on now, how we can help slow down the spread, how we can do better as a people and follow directions so we can get back to a semi-normal that we where we used to enjoy concerts and going out to eat and being with family and friends. So right now, doctor, it's nice to have you here. Thank you very much. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And I'm the family? Well. Everyone's everyone's doing well and safe and mm-hmm. so far alive. Um, we've gotten everyone uh, vaccinated, oh, good, uh, including good. my my mother oh. and many of our uh, senior members uh, mm-hmm. in my family. So we're very happy about that because you know, it protects them, okay. particularly from death. So mm. it's a good thing. Okay, doctor. Okay, we're sitting here and we're talking about everything. Uh, can you give us a little background, a little little bit of information about you? So I am a physician. I've been practicing for 34 years. All of my practice has been here in urban Detroit. I'm a faculty member at Wayne State University. I'm a vice dean at the medical school. And what, a, uh, what that means is that I have multiple roles. I educate our next generation of physicians. That is, I teach medical students and residents. I also do research. And I also um, provide uh, uh, clinical care to patients. So I've been practicing for 34 years. I'm a professor of medicine. The ranking goes uh, clinical instructor. Then you go to assistant professor, then associate professor, and then full professor. That takes about, it's taken me about 30 years to achieve mm-hmm. that, that rank. And there are, in medical schools around the country, there are about 600 uh, black full professors in the country. Wow. So there are very few of us, unfortunately. Um, mm. But, you know, my, you know, my role here and my career here in Detroit has, has primarily been uh, caring for my community and advocating for the communities that I serve. Hmm. Now, I would like for you to tell our audience a little bit about your dad, because every time was researching you, your dad would pop up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, my, my father um, is Herbert C. Smitherman Sr. Um, he has passed, he passed in 2009, mm. unfortunately young at the age of 73. Mm. His, he was a PhD, he, he acquired his PhD from Howard. He was a PhD in physical organic chemistry. 
and he they kind of call him the Jackie Robinson of corporate <laughs> America because he was one of the first African American uh, PhDs yes. in chemistry that worked in in the corporate world. When yes, he, when he um, graduated from Howard with his PhD, uh, uh, most African Americans at that point in our history were going into teaching. Mm -hmm. But my father wanted to go into corporate America and make products. So he's been involved in the productions of products at Procter & Gamble, everything from Bounce, Crest, Cr Crush, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Folgers Coffee. Yeah. I mean, I, there have been <laughs> numerous uh, patents he's uh, acquired for uh, Procter & Gamble. Mm -hmm. And um, he's a great dad, which is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they, he had six children, and he's mm -hmm. married to my mother for 51 years. And, we miss him greatly every day. No, you do. I really enjoy reading reading about that. Like, it's not, he's not someone that they bring up teaching kids. You know, it's always the regular, you know, the people you know. But I'm like, this is a great history lesson because they said he actually went in and helped really grow and made Procter & Gamble a better product. Right. That was that was really good. Okay, let's get to the nitty gritty. Okay. What is COVID-19? Why did they name it COVID-19? And what is coronavirus exactly? So um, the coronavirus is sort of the class of their viruses have different classes. Mm -hmm. And it's just the name of the class of that particular virus. Mm -hmm. um, it's a... Um, a virus that has been, uh, it's a new virus um, in the world of viruses. It, it probably came on board probably it maybe December 2019, January 2020. Uh, it began to have more broad-based infections across the world in, in most likely uh, more towards March. Mm -hmm. um, it was originally um, identified in Wuhan, China, and it spread pretty quickly. It's one of its, um, the aspects of this virus is that it is very contagious uh, compared to other viruses. And it, it spreads quickly and it's very effective at spreading. Mm -hmm. And it has, you know, lots of potential sy symptoms. Usually the COVID symptoms may occur within two to 14 days after exposure to the virus. And people have symptoms of fever or chills or cough or shortness of breath or fatigue. Mm -hmm. Some people have sore throats, headaches, congestion of the nose, nausea and vomiting, diarrhea. The real concerning or emergency warning symptoms of COVID are when people start to get trouble, have trouble breathing, especially people can get very confused they have no, uh, the inability to stay awake. And so these are the more concerning symptoms. And so uh, most people have a mild uh, form of the disease and get over it mm -hmm. because we've had about uh, 30, 31 million cases in the United States. And, and we've had about 560,000 deaths. Most people recover. However, uh, for those who pass, it can be pretty grueling. And so uh, it's, it's, it's one of those uh, viruses that 
it, 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 it's a high replicating virus. And I'll, I'll tell you what that means. Mm-hmm. It's, if you talk about the secret to survival on our planet, it's, it's, it's change. Evolution allows adaptation to occur in order to survive in, a, in sort of an ever-changing environment. The coronavirus is an evolving and ever-changing virus because it's half-life, meaning how long it lives, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, about half that time is about hours to days. It doesn't last that long. And so a typical infected uh, person with coronavirus has trillions, trillions of copies of the virus in them. And there are millions of people infected. So we've had 30 million people. Each one of those have trillions of copies. And therefore, there is a high burden of the virus in the community. And every time the virus copies itself, you get random errors or mutations in the genetic code of the virus. So most of these random er uh, errors or or mutations provide no advantage. But some of those, as it replicates, so its it's half-life is only a day, an hour a day, it's replicating quickly. Every time it replicates, it has the potential for creating a mutation. And every time a mutation occurs, that mutation can give it an advantage, like the UK variant, the um, Brazilian variant, the South American variant. You keep hearing these variants. The biggest Mm -hmm. variant in the United States is the uh, UK variant. Mm -hmm. And it's that variant is a little more contagious and can be a little more lethal. The vaccines still cover these variants. But the concern is if you have a lot of virus and it's always replicating and mutating and always at risk for forming another variant, it, it, it means you may eventually escape coverage by the vaccine. So what we want to do is we want to get as as many people vaccinated as possible. So the the chance of spread goes way down. We kill the virus that before it has less chance of mutating and less chance of forming one of these variants. So vaccination is the way we kill it and stop the pandemic. And we have to get about 70 to 80 percent of the public vaccinated before we can really stop spread. And right now we're about at, in the United States, about 23% of the population is, uh, is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we need to be uh, much more aggressive. The, the lowest, if you look at all the states, 50 states, mm-hmm. the highest uh, ranking state for vaccination rate is Alaska mm-hmm. at 30%. Mm. And the lowest is Georgia. They ought to stop. Oh. They ought to stop focusing on trying to limit voting rights. Yes, and get, yeah. and and get, get vaccinated. And get vaccinated. <laughs> I think they just have their priorities wrong. Oh wow! So let's get let's get vaccinated. Um, Michigan is about in the middle, about twenty three percent, and then, and the overall United States is about twenty three percent. So, mm. we, uh, and when I say these numbers, vaccinated, I'm talking about fully vaccinated. They've got if it's Pfizer or Moderna, they've got both doses. If it's the J&J, they've got one dose. They're fully vaccinated two weeks after your second dose and two weeks after your first dose of the J&J, you're 
considered fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And those are the percentages I'm talking about. So we have a ways to go. We've yes. got to get people vaccinated. And I understand important. that. I can see that now. Mm -hmm. I can see the reason now yes. for the need, because my next question was, why should I get vaccinated? Okay, but because me getting vaccinated protects you, right? And, and you getting vaccinated protects protect other people. Our vaccination is not only protecting us and yeah. our immediate family; it's also protecting our neighbors, From and it's also family. protecting the country. And the sooner we can get vaccinated, the quicker we can get back to normal. Normal, as yeah. I think my 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 wife was telling me the other day. She was on a on a uh, she's a physician. Sometimes she talks about the COVID vaccine to people. Mm -hmm. And she said, I and I, she didn't tell me who the first lady of a church within the Detroit community, but uh, she said a, a unique way of describing this. She said, you can get um, vaccinated mm -hmm. and go on vacation, mm -hmm. or you can get the virus and be on a ventilator. Yes. The B &B. Those are your choices. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. vaccinated vacation mm -hmm. or you can get the virus and be on a ventilator. Yes. And I tell people, everyone's going to get the virus. Everyone. Mm. Unless you get uh, vaccinated. Mm. If you're vaccinated, it protects you. If you're not, you will get the virus eventually because you can't stay a hermit all your life. Right. You can't exactly. stay in your house, mm. washing your hands and masking for the, net, for the rest oh, of your entire goodness. life. So the question isn't whether if you've been vaccinated, you're okay. But if you're not, you will eventually get it. And now it's just a matter of whether you will survive. survive. Yes. That's the big, that's the big scary thing. Yes. Whether or not you're survive. Yes. And then sometimes some people have survived and had certain complications afterwards. Correct. And in the black and brown communities, we're seeing three to four times higher death rates. Mm. And we're seeing three to four times higher hospitalization rates. So it's impacting black and brown communities at a disproportionate rate. And, um, it, it, and, and that is not because, uh, you know, black people are, are inherently more susceptible to getting the virus. It's because of the significant disparity in poverty levels mm -hmm. and it's related uh, higher burden of chronic uh, illnesses. African-Americans are more likely to have pre-existing health conditions like asthma or high blood pressure or heart disease or cancer or obesity or diabetes that make the coronavirus particularly deadly. Mm -hmm. So higher poverty rates and higher burdens of disease are the result of 402 years of negative social, economic, political, and health policies from enslavement, Jim Crow, uh, lynching, segregation, mm. mass incarceration, yes, inequitable yes. U.S. justice system. Yes. These are destroying black families, redlining, unfair business yes, policies. Yes. All of these things create disparate economic conditions. Mm -hmm. And those uh, poor economic uh, conditions are what put people at risk. These are social determinants of health that drive the higher risk. We're not genetically predisposed to this virus. Just mm -hmm. because of who we are, you having darker melanin on your skin doesn't make the virus more deadly. It's the social so conditions we live in, Cro more crowded positions. You know, people were turning off water and turning mm -hmm. off electricity. And, mm -hmm. You know, they're talking about washing hands and we we're turning off water. Right. So, right. you know, these are policies that make community more more vulnerable. You have people who are 
are first responders, mm-hmm. people who are uh, food service, yeah. working in grocery, grocery stores. stores. These people had to go to work. Mm-hmm. And then when they come back home, they're in crowded conditions. Mm-hmm. They're not able to social distance. Mm-hmm. And what happens? They're more at risk because of the social conditions, social and economic conditions people live in. And so what is happening is the, the long-term disparities, mm-hmm. the long-term inequities, mm-hmm. the his- long history of racial discrimination and institutional race-based policies that you have uniquely tied African-Americans mm-hmm. at the bottom of the U.S. economic system. Yep. That is what's driving yes. the, the, the crowded conditions to mm-hmm. have to go into to work and work at first responder places. Come, mm-hmm. You have more chances if you're working in a grocery store, your food products, whatever. Yeah. They mm-hmm. were trying to, you know, we have to have chicken and meat and everything yeah. else in the grocery stores. Well, those people, when they're moving that meat and getting all that stuff done, they're right next to each other. Mm-hmm. But they have to go in because they have to keep mm-hmm. feeding America. Yeah. But then when they're right next to each other, giving each other the, the virus, then they go home, then they pass it on to their to their family members, and then they pass it on and on. Yeah. These are this is not because you are genetically more susceptible. It is the social conditions that you've been driven to live in. Wow. Wow. Okay, I have a question. So question? now that I am vaccinated, I'm fully yes. vaccinated. Right. And since the since the pandemic, I have gained weight and my doctor is putting me on the water pill. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so but I got vaccinated anyway. Okay. Um are, do you think or do you know at this time if we're gonna have to get vaccinated every year or if we're gonna have to get a booster shot? So that's a, a an excellent question. The 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 answer right now is we don't know. Mm-hmm. What we do know, because remember the 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 uh, virus is new. It came right. about just in 2020. Right. Nobody, and the reason it's affected everybody because no one had natural immunity to it. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just spreading. Mm-hmm. And um and and we did the the uh, clinical trials last year mm-hmm. for J and J for. Pfizer, Moderna, mm-hmm. AstraZeneca, each one of these had about 40,000 people in the clinical trials. Mm-hmm. Those trials are ongoing, but those trials are, are new. Mm-hmm. So right now, as we're following patients in those trials we're, we're, that have been vaccinated, we are checking their blood to see if they still have antibody. Okay. And, and what we know now is six months into the trials, as mm-hmm. we are following them, they still have antibody. Okay. So we just have to longitudinally keep following them mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. when the immunity either goes away, if it does that, or mm-hmm. how long the immunity stays. Okay. And mm-hmm. so once, let's say, uh, for example, the pneumococcal vaccine, which is a vaccine for uh, pneumococcal pneumonia, which adults mm-hmm. get, that particular vaccine lasts for about 10 years. Oh, okay. The flu vaccine mm-hmm. lasts for one year. Yeah. And that's because the metabolic rate of the different organisms, the flu changes so quickly mm-hmm. that by the time the next year comes in, it's a new strain. Oh. So what we're saying is we don't know about the coronavirus, although we do know it replicates quickly and it mutates quickly. So wow. the, the chance of a booster is probably on the higher end, but we don't know when that booster will be required. required. Okay. So okay. we may have to do, it may be more like a flu, an annual shot, mm. or it may be closer to a pneumococcal vaccine and and you, your immunity will last longer. So we'll know uh, as the clinical trials and the studies continue ongoing. Okay. Well, uh, we'll be right back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the different vaccines. Stay tuned.
I'll just say some common questions I get asked. Okay. So we're back and we're going to go over some common questions that the doctor get asked um, um, each um, day to day. And then we're going to talk about the vaccines. So what are the questions, common, common questions? So common questions that my patients will ask me, for example, they'll say, how long does it take for the COVID-19 vaccine to be effective? You know, once I, once I get immunized, it typically takes about two weeks after vaccination for the body to build uh, the protective immunity against the virus that causes uh, COVID-19. That means that it it is possible for a person who could, could still get the COVID-19 before or just after the vaccination mm-hmm. and then get sick because the vaccine does not have enough time to, to provide protection. So let's say I vaccinate you and it mm-hmm. takes you about two weeks for the for the immunity to start. Mm-hmm. And and then so let's say you get exposed to the COVID vaccine a week after the vac- vaccination, mm-hmm. then you have, still have a probability of getting COVID okay. because it, it's not as if I give you the vaccine and you immediately, immediately get full immunity. It takes about six weeks. Okay. So I vaccinate you for the Moderna and Pfizer. After the you start getting the immunity after two weeks, then you have to get the second uh, vaccine, either three weeks or four weeks, depending on the, the vaccine. And then two weeks after that is when you're fully vaccinated. Okay. Two weeks after the second dose is when you're considered fully vaccinated. Two weeks after the first dose is when you're con- uh, of the single dose, J&J, is when you're fully vaccinated. So the issue is all, uh, during all that period, you're mm-hmm. at risk. So you still have to mask, still mm-hmm. have to wash your hands, still have to social distance mm-hmm. about six to eight weeks after your the vaccination process starts because mm-hmm. you're still at risk. They say, do you need to get the COVID-19 vaccine if you've already had COVID-19? Yes, you should be okay. vaccinated regardless of whether you already have the COVID-19. That's because experts do not know how long you're protected from getting sick after recovering from COVID-19 and getting your own innate okay. immunity. Mm-hmm. We don't know how long that lasts. We believe the vaccine gives you more immunity so mm-hmm. you should still get vaccinated even if you've had COVID-19. These are common questions I get from my patients. Mm-hmm. How soon can I get the COVID-19 vaccine after I've been sick with the virus? We used to say 90 days because um, it, it, we know that mm-hmm. once you get sick, you get immunity, natural immunity. Mm-hmm. And we know that at least that lasts for three months, we know. So when we had limited vaccine, we said, since you're doing okay and you have your own natural immunity, we're going to give this vaccine to somebody who has no immunity. Okay. So now what we do, I, I tell my patients, once you get out of the quarantine and you feel better, just come on in because our vaccine amounts are no longer as limited. Oh. So I'm giving the vaccine as soon as I can get, give them. Mm-hmm. I don't give it when you're acutely sick. Mm-hmm. I, I wait till your, your illness is over and wait till the quarantine period is over. And then mm-hmm. I say, come on in and we'll get you your vaccine. Oh, wow. What is the recovery time from, the, from COVID? They found usually that people with mild disease will recover in about uh, two weeks. Okay. While people with severe disease, that may take a little longer, three to six weeks. Uh, some people, a, a very rare group of people will have a more chronic phase and it can take longer. But on average, it's about two weeks. Okay. And people ask me, can you contract the corona disease from a package or mail? Uh, uh, coronaviruses are thought to spread, uh, are, they actually spread through a respiratory droplet. So it's mm-hmm. through a respiratory 
disease. You cough and you spew it and you spread it. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the vi- <clears throat> Although the virus can survive for a short period of time on surfaces, it's unlikely to be spread from domestic or international mail products or, or, or packaging. And uh, they also asked me, I get this question a lot because they got their, their if it's a two-dose vaccine, they say, you know, I got Pfizer, can I get the Moderna? And, mm. and the answer is no. At this point, we haven't studied that. The, the COVID-19 vaccines are not interchangeable. Okay. So if you get the Pfizer, your second dose should be the Pfizer. If you get the Moderna, the second dose uh, should be um, uh, Moderna. And they also ask, can the mRNA COVID vaccines, can they give you COVID? No. These vaccines have no live virus in them. Oh, okay. Okay, so they can't give you, uh, you know, the the uh, uh, COVID uh, vaccine. So those are those are some of the 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 common um, questions that I get. I did. I do have, you know, people will ask me some myths. They say, uh, is the vaccine safe because it it was rapidly developed and it was rapidly yes, tested that's, that's you know, so quick big, yeah and 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 the answer to that is is uh the vaccine is very safe okay. um and they also ask you know does it mess with your your uh your chromosomes or <laughs> you know does it does it mess with your genes mm-hmm. you know is it getting in your getting in and and, and messing up uh your dna mm-hmm. and you know the scientists have been working on mRNA technology for about 30 years. Okay. The technology is not new. Okay. The mRNA technology, uh, that's messenger RNA. Its application in a vaccine is new. And that application was actually developed by an African-American woman. Yes. An, an immunologist out of the Vaccine Research Center out yes. of the NIH. So a black woman put this together. Yes. She ain't going to put something together that's going to hurt. That's right. right. That's right. So so we've been able to ramp up so quickly in applying mRNA technology to a vaccine because of 30 years of science and research in that area. The vaccine doesn't play around with your chromosomes. It doesn't touch your genes. It doesn't touch your, your DNA or the nucleus of your cell. The vaccine is already produced piece of mRNA, just a little piece of protein. It's a messenger. It goes into the cell, into the cytoplasm of the cell. The cell is made up of a nucleus and the Mm -hmm. cytoplasm. The nucleus is where your chromosomes and genes and DNA, it doesn't touch your nucleus. It goes into the cytoplasm of the cell, not the nucleus, and tells your cell to produce harmless pieces of the chrome part, those little spiky parts Mm -hmm. of the virus, which evokes an immune antibody response and, and, and it kills the virus. So it allows the cell, tells the cell to produce those spikes. The spikes engender a, a an immune response. Now, every time your body sees any kind of spike, those auto antibodies attack, attack it, it and yes. then kill it. Yes. That's how it works. So yes. it's it's safe. Uh, we've had clinical trials. The FDA has tested Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and um, the um, uh, J&J. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones that have been approved for emergency use in this country are the Pfizer, the Moderna, and the uh, J&J so mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of them are safe. Okay. Um, the Moderna and the uh, Pfizer are about 95% effective in, presenti- in preventing COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, AstraZeneca was 70% and the J&J is about 66 to 70%. But mm-hmm. remember, 
the J and J was tested when the country was had more variants. Okay. So the Pfizer Moderna, we didn't have the variants. Mm -hmm. So their efficacy rate, effectiveness rate was a little lower. Mm -hmm. However, the mo major important point is, is once you are vaccinated, it it prevents you from becoming seriously ill, hospitalized, or dying from COVID. Okay. It doesn't necessarily mean if you're 95% effective, that means you still have a 5% chance of getting the virus, but it won't kill you. Mm -hmm. That's the key. And it's also, like you said, it's, it's kind of controlling all those, uh, what did you call it? That's in me that spreads out, okay. that's all constantly multiplying. The, re the respiratory droplets. Yeah. So when you cough or talk or whatever mm -hmm. and you spew those. Yeah. So if, if, if you get infected, uh, you have a 95% of it preventing an infection altogether. Mm -hmm. You have a 5% chance of getting infected, but you won't get severely ill. You won't get hospitalized and you won't get, uh, and you won't die. That's the key. Okay. The, the the vaccines and it doesn't matter which one you get they okay. all protect you from those three things okay severe illness hospitalization and death okay now when i got vaccinated the mm -hmm. first time i've i don't know after i got mine at tcf center okay and i got pfizer okay and i sat there like they make they have you sit for 15 minutes right. and ask you questions or and I was so hungry afterwards because I didn't eat. All I did was pray like, oh, my goodness, I hope I just oh, I'm gonna get this shot. All right. Went and got something to eat. Got home, stepped out the car, and I felt so woozy. Yeah. I had to actually go in the house, and I went to sleep. Yeah. The second time I got it, the same thing. All I wanted to do was sleep. I just felt really tired. Now, how long did that last? That's that day. Exactly. So the, the, the FDA has reported common side effects mm -hmm. from, mm -hmm. from all the trials. We collect the side effects that people have. Most of the, and each of the trials had about 44,000 people in it. So the most common is pain and soreness yeah. at the injection site. Yes, yeah. that's the most common. Mm -hmm. uh, we make, we ask you to wait 15 to 30 minutes because we just want to make sure you don't have an acute allergic reaction. Okay. So mm -hmm. it, if that's going to happen, it's going to happen immediately. Okay. So we watch you as long as that doesn't happen, which is mm -hmm. the most dangerous reaction. People can get uh, side effects that, you know, uh, fatigue and headaches. You got fatigue. Yes. People can get headaches, a little fever, chills, joint pains, muscle aches, etc. These are all described. Mm -hmm. They are temporary. Mm -hmm. They are transient. They mm -hmm. typically last uh, from one to three days. Okay. It typically is a, they're a little more frequent with the second dose. Okay. Now for me, I got both doses. I had no symptoms at all. I had oh, nothing. Oh, wow. My wife, except the soreness. Mm -hmm. so much. My wife, who's a pediatrician, uh, received the first dose, didn't have any side effects. On the second dose, she had what you had. She had some fatigue. Mm -hmm. She had a little bit of, you know, achiness, muscle mm -hmm. achiness. She had increased thirst. And she and that lasted for about twenty four to thirty hours. Okay. And then it was over. She's had yeah. no symptoms since then. So, I, I, yeah. so and that was on her her second shot. So, we've done trials, mm -hmm. research. It's a technology that's uh, mRNA technology is not new. It's been around for thirty years. We just <laughs> a black a black PhD a woman said, I think we can put a virus. I mean, a, a vaccine together. Mm -hmm. It was a smart thing, mm -hmm. and use mRNA technology. 
and it actually has been working. All of the vaccines have been tested mm -hmm. um, and, and they only have mild side effects. It is, uh, you know, it is, it is very effective because you're seeing uh, death rates in seniors, which in this country, we've, we've vaccinated about 65% of the seniors. So okay. we're doing well with the seniors. Okay. And that's, it. if you look at people age 50 and above, that's where 94% of the deaths are. Okay. Age 54 and above. Children get it, but they aren't largely dying from it. Mm -hmm. there, of all the kids that have gotten it, it's been about 185 deaths. Mm -hmm. Most of those 560,000 deaths mm -hmm. have been people age 50 and above. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the re and, and, uh, you know, but the, but the issue right now is we're having a little bit of a surge both yeah. in the United States and um, in Michigan. So the United States, it's, it's on, it's about fourth week of a little upward trend mm -hmm. in the cases. We start lifting the social distancing in, in states. We start, you know, you know, you know, the masking mandates, you know, mm -hmm. kind of kind of went to the side. Some uh, some areas, um, you know, the washing of the hands. So we start lifting some of these modalities we had to help curb uh, curb the, the 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 virus. This increase could also be due to the fact that we have a presence of a slightly more contagious variants, like the UK variant we talked mm -hmm. about, which is mm -hmm. the most common variant in the United States, mm -hmm. and so that's spreading. The vaccines still cover the variants okay. at this point. Like I spoke about earlier, mm -hmm. if we start, if we don't get people vaccinated fast enough, it, it's an opportunity for the current viruses in the community to mutate into mm -hmm. something that the vaccine may not cover. So okay. we got to get vaccines yeah. va va vaccinated quickly. Right, right. And so, and in Michigan, and we're seeing a lot of these cases. For example, Michigan, uh, among the kids aged 10 to 19, the number of cases have, have risen by 133%. So what's happening is as we've opened up sports yes, and we've brought the kids, you know, you can play baseball, basketball, mm -hmm. soccer, all this stuff. We're opening up the sports. The kids are getting, they're not dying from it. They may get a little sick. Most of them are asymptomatic, but they're bringing it back home. Mm -hmm. We also have spring break. Mm -hmm. People traveling all over the country. So most of the surge right now is between age 10 and like 35. Okay. It's young people. Mm -hmm. And they're going out and they, you know, they're just doing what young people do. Getting together, partying, going on spring break, doing sports, <laughs> playing with each other, intermixing, da 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 da, -da. Yes, So yes. You're, you're now starting to get a little bit of a spread because of that. Yes. But the, the, so cases are going up. Hospitalizations are slightly going up. Mm -hmm. But the interesting part, we aren't seeing significant rises in death. Okay. Because the young people don't really, largely, don't really die from it. Okay. Just a small number of them. And the elderly, we've been really good about vaccinating. Okay. We have to continue that. Okay. But, but and continue vaccinating the people who largely are in the category of death, that is age 50 and above, that's 94% of the deaths, mm -hmm. got to make sure they're all vaccinated. But in the state of Michigan, as of April 5th, the governor said anybody 16 and above can get vaccinated. So okay. we got it. We got to get everybody vaccinated. That's that's the race right now. The mm -hmm. faster vaccinated, the less chance of mutation, the less chance of spread. Right. So I may I'm thinking like maybe they should have lifted a lot of this stuff after the kids and everyone got we had more vest and more people were vaccinated. 
So you're, 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 it's a, it's an excellent point. You know, America is a, is an interesting uh, country. We're a, a, a capitalistic democracy. So we believe in freedoms. Mm-hmm. We believe in you can't tell me how to how, what to do with my body and what to do. And, and what we tell people is, if it only affected you, that's true. Mm-hmm. But when you get infected, you can infect me. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's called a public health. It's a public mm-hmm. issue. It's not just the you as an individual. People call, talking about their individual rights. Mm-hmm. You do. You have the right to go out and jump off a building. You can right. do whatever you want to do. That's an individual right. But when your illness mm-hmm. s- can spread to me, mm-hmm. it no longer becomes individual. It becomes mm-hmm. public. public. Mm-hmm. And so in a public epidemic, in order for us all to be safe, all to be safe, we have to act as a public. Yes. yes. That's that's the issue. You can't be an individual out there with COVID just running around spreading yeah. without a mask, no social you can't mm-hmm. do. So what we're saying is, you know, people want freedoms. They want to go back to their normal lives. In order to get there, we all have to act collectively mm-hmm. to help one another. Yes, yes. You have answered so many of my questions <laughs> without me even asking. <laughs> Now, one thing I want to say, okay. I love Dr. Fauci yes. and he is so, he stays so calm yeah. and I know sometimes he just want to jump up and choke somebody <laughs> and he's, he'll get upset and he'll, he'll, it's like, he's working in his head. Like, no, you got, you stay calm. You don't have that. He stays calm all the time. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm understanding, like he said to us, like similar to what you're saying, if people could just understand that mm-hmm. it's not about you. It's, about, it's us. about us coming together and being in the same place and walking. If you want to be free and able to get back to a semi, you have to think about, hey, if I don't cover up, then I might give it to them. But I have a wife over here. And if I give it to you, you might in turn give it to this person and she might give it to them. It can just spread within 10 people in a room just that quick. Martin Luther King said it well. He said, this is a letter from a Birmingham jail. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied Mm. in a single garment of destiny. Mm. Whatever affects one directly affects all. Yes. So it's all about us now. It's not mm-hmm. about, it's, it's, it, we need to act as a country. We mm-hmm. need to act as a collective. We are mm-hmm. the United States of America. And you're yes. very right with what you said. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're, it, it, what Dr. Fauci is doing, which I think he's a great messenger because I, I, I marvel at his patience. Yes. He's I mean, so, oh my goodness. I mean, he is, I mean, there, I, is, especially under the previous administration, because under that administration, they were talking about this is a hoax. They're telling people not to wear masks. I mean, it mm-hmm. was it was a bizarre mm-hmm. uh, part of our U.S. history. Um, those were not the things we needed to do as a country right. to actually stop the pandemic and end all of these deaths. We're at five hundred and sixty thousand deaths in the United States. That's more than World War Two, yes, yes, Korea, yes, and yes. All, I mean many wars put together. This is a huge amount of people. I mean, it is devastating. Mm. Um, now let me just tell you, this is the first time in human history we've been able to fight back on a pandemic because you brought up the 1918 before we started. Yes. You said, Dr. Smith, but I will tell you in 1918 with the flu pandemic, 
Mm-hmm. We lost two million people in the first part of it. Yes. Then yes. it mutated. That's yes. the key. It mutated into a variant, and we lost fifty million additional people around the world. Yes. So I'm saying we we have been able to fight back. So at that point, they didn't have the technology to develop a vaccine against the flu at that time. Right. We now, when we got the the Wuhan uh, coronavirus. In January, I think it was January 20th or so, China released the viral sequencing, the, the, the genetic sequencing of the virus. Okay. We were able to then identify the spike part of it okay. and develop a vaccine against that spike. spike. And that's how we got started. So we can sequence it, develop an MRA mm-hmm. vaccine, Target it at a particular part of the virus mm-hmm. and put that in a vaccine and give it to you and and then stop the virus spread. This is the first time in human history we've been, been able to do that. Yeah. I'm just telling you. So most of us physicians are just marveling yes. at the fact that we can actually fight back. And it was and, a sister that did it. And, it's, and, and a sister who thought of it. Let me tell you, okay. Give her credit. Dr. Yes, Corbin, give her the credit. sister that did it. it oh, did my it. So goodness. We, we, we've not lost 50 million in the world. You know, so, uh, you know, I think we're, I think worldwide, I think maybe a 2 million or so. So we are able to contain it. I think we would have prevented uh, less lives lost mm-hmm. if we would have acted more appropriately mm-hmm. uh, in the last administration. However, that's that's gone now. I'm yep, not going to focus past, on that. Right? That's the past. Right now, this is where we are. Mm-hmm. We need to get vaccinated. I have been vaccinated. You have been vaccinated. Yes. I got the, the first person in the country of the United States who got vaccinated was a black woman. See? See, we just you be would, doing it. <laughs> Black women are doing it. That's right. We are. December, we are. December 14th, she was a nurse oh, out of New York. Okay. And she was the first human being in the United States that took the vaccine, uh, the corona vaccine. And then I got mine on December 18th. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I can tell you that, uh, you know, I couldn't get it fast enough. And if you, look at the, if you look at physicians, about 99.9% of physicians have taken the vaccine. And I'll tell you a little story in my clinic. We had 10 physicians practicing and we had about 30 staff. When the vaccine came out, we, we it, it was delivered from the state. All the physicians took it immediately, every wow. one of them. None, none of the staff, these are medical assistants, wanted to take the vaccine. And that shocked me because they're medical people. They yes. have some, they're not, have the medical training of physicians, but they have medical training. And so I said, I, I, I did a virtual and uh, some were face-to-face. We all had masks and everything. And I said, why don't you want to take it? You know, some people were saying, I, they just had a lot of questions. The questions we all went through. So, you know, it's developed too fast. Mm-hmm. It's new. It's, uh, it can cause infertility, which it does not. You know, it can, it, 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 it can hurt my baby uh, if I'm pregnant. No, it cannot. Um, you know, uh, it has uh, fetal cells as a part of the gelatin uh, mix in it that holds the virus. No, it doesn't. It, it, it has uh, pork in it. I'm religious. No, it doesn't have pork in it. You know, it does it have eggs like the flu vaccine is, 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 is uh, brought up in an egg medium. No, it doesn't have eggs. You know, so it, it you know, so we, it, we, it, it took us an hour and a half to answer every single question. All the questions were appropriate. And after that, 28 of the 30 took it immediately. 
Okay. And then the the 29th took it about, you know, maybe three weeks later. Mm-hmm. And so far, I, I 29 out of the 30 have taken it. Oh, We only wow. have one. But you know what happened? We answered every, every one of their questions. See? And what I tell people is, if you're going to, it's not just about rolling out a vaccine. You have to also roll, roll out education. Mm-hmm. People have to get their questions asked, answered. And the vaccine hesitancy is about not answering their questions. Right. And, right. You know, there's a lot of mistrust. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we got that history. Yes. Um, uh, it, it, you know, but, you know, the current uh, mistrust in the black community, let's just talk about that, is fueled <laughs> by both current and past experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we, Tuskegee study, uh, you know, Harrietta Lacks, oh. uh, uh, Marion Sims, who was a, uh, a gynecologist. Who who was uh, uh, experimenting on black enslaved enslaved women? Yes, doing um, uh, vaginal exams and procedures without anesthesia, and his statue sat outside. I think it was the Institute of Medicine until last year. Uh, as one of the great American scientists, they finally pulled his statue down. Thank God, because he he, it, he was a horrible person as far as what he did to enslave, enslave black women. But but. There have been past abuses, but I, I tell people when they talk to me, I say, uh, while the perceptions of past abuses are important, the most significant contributor to distrust is what black and brown people see every day. And that is Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, Breonna Taylor, yes. George Floyd, yes. uh, Dante uh, Wright. Right. I mean, it's yes. every day you wake up, you wake up on the, on the news and you see some young African-American, beautiful human being that's been gunned down for nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. And so people go, that's the system that's killing me. Am I going to trust that same system to vaccinate me? Yeah. When that's- we come back, we're going to come back. Okay. And I'm going to talk about, um, ask you a very significant question about okay. that. Okay. So hold on. We'll be right back. Okay. We're back. So we're going to um, continue talking about... COVID-19 and and what can we do to help? I would like to know what can I do to help people to understand that we really need to be vaccinated. Should mm-hmm. I have a sheet, uh, a piece of paper? Is it something I can get bullet points? Say, this is this, this is this, A, B, C, D, E, F, T. These, these are the reasons why you should. Right. So, uh, uh, again, a very good question. I, I I see three populations when I'm vaccinating people in my practice. One is the group of people who just say no. Okay. Then there's a group of people who say, I can't get it in my arm fast enough. Okay. And then there's a group, the, the, the very large group that says, I'm going to wait and see what happens to her. <laughs> I'm going to see if she grows horns or she passes out or if she grows a tail or something like that. And I'll wait for a month or two, see what happens. You, mm-hmm. you guys all get it. And if people start dropping, I know I don't need that. Uh-huh. And so what they start to see is, you know, their relatives that are vaccinated are not getting sick. See. And so they go and then they hear all the news and everything. So and then they start getting it. So there's some I call the the wait and see and wait and show me. You mm-hmm. know? So um, the key is how do you get them? off the fence and even some of the nose off the fence. I'm going to give you 
um, and I wrote an article. It's an op-ed piece because I had so many questions, just like my staff said no, if you remember that story. Mm-hmm. And I, it, I had to talk to them for an hour and a half, answer mm-hmm. all their questions. They said, yes. I said, you know what? And I was, my patients were doing the same thing. It was, it was a lot of work. You know, I had a mm-hmm. patient who's coming in for a 20 minute visit. We we're in there for an hour because I'm talking about and answering all their questions mm-hmm. about the vaccine. So I wrote an op-ed piece. Mm-hmm. You can get it by going to Bridge Detroit. Okay. You just put this in the Google selection. Okay. Bridge Detroit. Dr. Herbert Smitherman, my name is spelled S-M-I-T-H-E-R-M-A-N, mm-hmm. and then put COVID-19 vaccine. Just put that in the Google search and hit search, and an article will come up, I'm a Black physician, why you should take the COVID vaccine. That's the, that's the op-ed piece. And okay. I encourage people to read that and share it. My father-in-law, my wife called me and said, her father, was, was not going to take that vaccine. And I said, uh, now he's 80, what is Warren now? 86, 87? I said, mm-hmm. so I said, well, I'll talk to Warren. It's my father-in-law, beautiful, mm-hmm. wonderful person, wonderful mm-hmm. man. And I said, I'll talk to him, but I want him to read my article first. Cause you know, <laughs> I, you know, we gonna get it. He's gonna tell me all his theories about mm-hmm. that. So he read the article mm-hmm. and then I called him. I mm-hmm. said, okay, let's, let's now talk about <laughs> this vaccine mm-hmm. he said don't worry about it i already got it i said really wow you went ahead and got it he said yep i read the article i'm done i went and got it and <laughs> okay. i took I, I i you know i took i took my wife too we, we we're, we're done mm-hmm. and i said oh so then i said i you know i had no idea it would have that kind of effect on him but mm-hmm. i start sharing the article and mm-hmm. how you can get it online mm-hmm. because it may help other people i okay. do try to address some of the commonly uh, ask questions that I'm getting in my practice. Mm-hmm. And it's an easier way. So I'm seeing the patient. They have a lot of questions. I say, first, read this article. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we're going to talk. And oftentimes okay. they read the article and they go get to the vaccine. So we don't have to have that conversation. So I'm letting you know about that. Okay. And I, you saying it, and I will actually put it on the radio station um, uh, website and Facebook page so people can actually go and yeah. look at it. But you answered a lot of my questions. We even talked about the 1918, 1919 flu. We, <laughs> you have answered everything. Like, why should I? Am I going to get a boosted? You, wow. This Let me is- ask you this, because you did, you were just asking me about the, the messenger and the message. I say, if you're going to try to convince people who are in the no category or wait and see, the no is the more concerning. Yes. Is I, I, I tell people you have to have the right message and the right messenger. Okay. That's the key. Because, you know, if you're just rolling out a vaccine and just say everybody take it and you don't know where people are with their set of reluctance or questions or issues mm-hmm. they may have, if you don't address those, then they're not going to take the vaccine. If you address them, the likelihood of them taking it is, is very, very high. So I, I've talked to the Moderna people, the Pfizer people. I've been on their sort of um, webinars and mm-hmm. they have their staff on there and their senior staff. And I keep communicating that not only do we have to roll out the vaccine, we have to roll out the educational materials and the message. Yes. Yes. And, and you and you have to use messengers that people trust. Mm-hmm. And so you need to have basic information that the messengers can pass out but can also yes. that can also talk out it has to be internet it has to be social mm-hmm. media has you have to have a campaign 
of a message that that is that is far broader than any message we've ever done in the history yes. of, of, the, of the world. You, yes. We have to do that. And I've been impressing upon that. You know, so the governor and the and, and many local officials have called physicians to say, I'm doing a town hall, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, which are great. You know, I, I, I sign up for everyone. I'm on a panel. Mm-hmm. I speak almost every day in some capacity and try to educate uh, the community about taking the vaccine because it's a matter of life and death. It me, is. If we're it dying is. three to four times higher death rates, mm-hmm. three to four times uh, higher hospitalization rates in my community, it, it you know it is it is incumbent um, upon me mm-hmm. to make sure that community is appropriately educated mm-hmm. to fight to have appropriate testing and vaccination yes. sites yes. within their community. Right. Not necessarily. You you can have sites that you have to drive to, but forty percent of Detroiters don't have a car. car. Mm-hmm. So then, what do they do? Right. There, there's a huge amount of Detroiters that don't have a, commu- a computer. So how do right. you sign up? So it doesn't mean that you don't do those large uh, vaccination sessions, but you also have to get down to the community level. You also mm-hmm. have to educate. You also have to give incentives. You have to talk to family members. Bring your whole family. Come mm-hmm. to this site. Mm-hmm. It's in your community. It's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. We have to have more churches, more health That's centers, exactly what more I was stuff, thinking. more yes. local community uh, activity centers. We have to have vaccination places flooded throughout black and brown communities. And we have to have a messenger and a message out there to telling people, it could be your local primary care physicians, mm-hmm. uh, it, local community, local minister is educated on this. You have mm-hmm. a canister of ministers and health experts on panels that can talk to communities mm-hmm. on social media that can sign up. You have to have this in order for to answer people's questions at very large level because when you answer their question they go get their vaccine okay i have a question then like i would love for my church because they do have churches and they're basically like on the west side that you people have to drive to and i feel like now that detroit is broken down in districts there's Mm -hmm. seven districts Mm -hmm. if you have at least two to three churches in each district Mm -hmm. Then, therefore, you're covering more area for people to come mm-hmm. instead of them having to drive downtown mm-hmm. or to these three churches that's on the west side somewhere and one on the east side somewhere. There's not a lot of places, just like you said, like my church sit on the corner. If no one on that block has gotten it or people are older and can't get to it, why they can't walk down to my church and maybe once a month? They have a setup there in the basement to give your shots. Uh, excellent points. Um, and uh, so the first step is if if 10, 15, 20, 30 churches can come together, get a panel of people and have their membership all listen to a town hall about no more than an hour. We're not going to take up your whole day. No more than an hour about the vaccine and why you should get it, just mm-hmm. like you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And then and then. There's a, uh, a a mechanism at the state to facilitate and announce in that town hall meeting where all of these members, if you want to get vaccinated, here are the sites. Here are the mm-hmm. list of sites. We're going to email it to you. We're going to paper it to you. We're going to fax it to you. We're going to send it to your work. Whatever. Give us your information and we can get the information of where to go. Mm-hmm. The first step is to, to give a message out there of why they need to do it. Yes. Buy a group of messengers or messenger that can 
that can convince them to do that and answer their questions and then have the facilities and the places to go to to get the vaccination within their communities. Yes. That ha that has to be the plan. It has to be it's not a not a difficult plan, but it's we not. just it's not it's not like we're aggressively implementing that plan in an aggressive way. Part of that is because when this all started, the federal government was was absent. Yes. In the last administration. So there was no plan. Right. They didn't, and all the states are used to waiting for the federal government to give the leadership on what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of a deer in headlights because they didn't see the plan. And all of a sudden the states realized, oh man, I got to do it. There's just, there's no help from the federal right, government. Right, and right. And then they start doing their plans and we got 50 plans mm -hmm. instead of one large federal run Mm -hmm. basic template that you as a state can use you that see, template yeah. and kind of model it after mm -hmm. your state. Mm -hmm. So we don't, we didn't have that. The response was not like the, the N1 H1. Right. Yeah. Uh, 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 epidemic. Right. So we, we weren't, we weren't responding in a, in a, in, a, in an organized way. I think though we need to continue to impress upon our state government that this is what you need to do. We as a community, are ready to receive. Mm -hmm. You can organize 50 churches, one town hall, everybody in the church can go or mm -hmm. sign up or whatever. You can have sites even at the churches that are social distance, et cetera. People can get on, they can watch it. You can record it. They can mm -hmm. watch it at any time. They can pass it on, but we've got to get those messages out there. It mm -hmm. has to be organized. It's not going to happen spontaneously. Mm -hmm. We are, we are in uh, black and brown communities. We have significant deficits with respect to vaccination. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to get to 80% and black and brown people equal 30% of the country, you can't get to 80% right. if black and brown people aren't vaccinated. Right. So it, it's, it's, it's like Dr. King said, we are all in this together. Yeah. I would really like to help to get that out because and you're doing it with what you're doing right here. Yeah. You're yeah. getting this out as much as this kind of information can get out there mm -hmm. and as many people as you can get it to. So people can, and if they have additional questions, like perhaps we haven't answered all the questions, mm -hmm. it at least gives them a baseline mm -hmm. that they can go to. They can mm -hmm. read the op-ed article that mm -hmm. may help them too. Yeah. But at least they, you know, we can eliminate the big questions they have. Like mm -hmm. it, it may, it's, it's a safe vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's it's effective. It ain't gonna hurt you. And the people who are be, are getting vaccinated are not getting severely ill, they're not getting hospitalized, and they're not dying from COVID. Right. Okay, right. that's mm -hmm. the key. I mean, I'm right. going like, I'm I'm calling about my mother. My mother could, was trying to, she said she couldn't get it fast enough. <laughs> I, you know, she's 84. I am not going to die. <laughs> I ain't ready. I love Jesus. I love my God, but I'm not ready to meet him yet. Yeah. I got yeah. some great grands I want to play with. I got mm -hmm. some things I want to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think people are saying that, um, you know, we ha we have to make sure people understand that this is life and death. There are things that have been done to our community. Yes, abuses that have been done to our community. We understand that. You mm -hmm. know, ICE was doing those uh, uh, um, mandated hysterectomies. That yes. was in 2020. Yeah, and people keep talking about. Well, you know, this is this is, you were abused and slavery. I said, look, man, 2020 they were doing forced. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, hysterectomies down yeah. there in one of your detention centers. Yeah, this stuff. I mean, so we've got to stop this behavior. Yeah, because you know, it's it's it, we shouldn't focus on the the appropriate mistrust. 
that black and brown people have because of the way they're treated, we have to focus on making the health system more trustworthy. Mm-hmm. That's where we need to focus on. Right. Stop yeah. getting, and don't, don't jump on the victim. I mean, if you've been abused, you don't want to, you know, that's, it's, it's appropriate paranoia that mm-hmm. I could be abused again. Right. And so these, these the, the behavior of black and brown uh, communities is appropriate based on the history, history. In, the, in, the, in, the, in the United States. I'm here to tell you as an African-American male who's been a part of that abuse in mm-hmm. my life, I, I'm saying as a scientist, I'm following the science. Yes. And I'm here to say that although we have had historical abuse, Right now, the science says that this is safe, it's mm-hmm. effective, and we need to all get it because my community is dying at a disproportionate rate than others. And mm-hmm. I'm going to advocate that you get it because I want to protect your life. Yes. Wow. Well, I want to do whatever I can do. And this is one of my platforms to get it out there on the station and Spotify and iTunes. And is what is it? About eight different podcasts. Um, okay networks that this is going out on um but even if i can use my voice of going to because i'm a cme if i can go to my bishop and say look we really need to get this out where people need to get vaccinated if i have to do that i would do that yeah i'm i'm not afraid just because you're bishop i'm not afraid (laughs) (laughs) i sit up there and talk to you and let you know we need to do better about this and this is beyond titles mm -hmm. this is about the existence of our community. Mm-hmm. When we have this much death and disease, this mm-hmm. is a lot. Yes. And we have this much death and disease. This is about protecting life mm-hmm. and the sanctity of life. I can see no, no issue above that. And so wh- whatever you have to do, whoever you have to convince, we've got to get this message out. To yes, we do. We do. Well, I thank you so much. This has been Ooh, I, I I really enjoyed this. This has been really informative and and I thank you so much for taking your time to spend this time with me so I can get this information out. And I really do hope I can do something to help improve and, and these que- questions will answer so more people can get vaccinated so we can get back to a norm. Because I, I said, I predicted 2022. But the way things are going, you got to follow directions so we can get to 2022 where we're going, whoa, I'm going to Jamaica. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, you know, I really thank you. Things we took for granted. Yeah. Yes. We took for just get on a plane and go somewhere. We We did. Yes. I think I think God's trying to tell us. We need to be a little more mindful. Yes, and care for others. Yes. Care more for others. Yeah, he's trying because, to give, there's a message in here. Yes, because if you think about it, just like you said, I can affect you. Yes. So therefore, it's not always about me. Exactly. It's about others. It's about us. Yeah. This is a us thing. Yeah, yeah. Very good. We're going to close on that one. Okay. Remember, this is a us thing. And, you know, it's a us thing. So, tell them Dr. Like, Smitherman said it's an us <laughs> thing. Yes, like it mutates. Let's mutate into a us and come together. There you go. <laughs> and, 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 and destroy the spike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you again okay. for listening. And thank you, everybody, for um, being with us today. Everybody stay safe and be fabulous. Talk to you later.